Anna Hope's debut novel, Wake, revolves around the burial of the unknown soldier in 1920 in Westminster Abbey. The novel follows the lives of three women and how they were affected by the Great War, the aftermath of the war. One of them has lost a son, another has lost a fiancé, and the third one has a brother who is mute, uh, really affected by the war. And Anna joins me on the line. Hi, Anna. Hello. So you visited the first World War cemeteries in northern France, is that right? I did. What I went, was that like? Gosh, well, I was completely unprepared for the effect that these cemeteries would have on me. Um, I went with my parents, and it was sort of tacked on to the end of a holiday, and I was quite gung-ho about it. And um, I was incredibly sobered and moved by, by visiting them. W- one thing I didn't know before I went there was that the British government took the decision not to bring any one of the bodies home. So all of the bodies of the men who'd fallen in the First World War were buried where they fell, and then they were moved into these vast cemeteries. And as I was sort of walking around these cemeteries, I kept thinking, well, what must it have been like if your brother or your father or your lover was buried in one of those plots? Um, And the other thing that I then started to think about was, well, how easy would it have been to visit them. Um, and I found out that it cost £6 to visit the cemeteries on a tour in 1919. And that would have been beyond the means of most people, most working class people. Um, and so then that led to me thinking about the extraordinary lack of closure and there must have been for these people. And uh, then that led to me uh, learning more about the story of the unknown warrior and just how incredibly important Um, that burial came to be for people. So was this visit before you decided to write the book? I knew that I wanted to write about women in in World War I, Um, but I was still at the very early planning stages. And um, I knew about The Unknown Warrior, um, just in in the way that I guess most people know about it. I knew that the tomb was in Westminster Abbey, but I did not know what an extraordinary national moment it was. Um, I learned about the thousands of people who were standing on the cliffs of Dover waiting to see the body come back on the, um, on the ship that was bringing it back. And then thousands of people who were lining the train tracks just to catch a glimpse of this coffin go by. And when the train came into Victoria Station in London, people actually stormed the platforms um, because they were so desperate to get close to the body. And this was not some sort of triumphalist thing. You know, these people had such raw grief um, that they hadn't been able to express because none of these bodies had come back. The more I learned about it, the more fascinated I became. And I thought, well, if I can use that as a structure, the five days from the body being exhumed in northern France to being buried in Westminster Abbey, then that could work. From what you researched about the burial of the unknown soldier, I mean, was this what some of those women who lost family members uh, as well as the rest of the family, what they needed, was it enough? I don't think it was enough. I mean, I, you know, the, the a funeral is not something that then closes the door on grief, and and then we say, okay, you know, that that that's it now, that that's enough. But I think what a funeral offers, and what these women had been denied, is the opportunity for catharsis um, to allow some of that grief to be let out, um, and then to be able to move on. And what really came to me very strongly was that um, Britain was 
you know, there was no family that was untouched by grief in Britain. It was so widespread. 700,000 men had died. The whole country was in shock, but also, I think, in stasis. Um, and then, you know, learning more about this event made me think that, you know, this was a real turning point where people were able to visit um, London to, to see the funeral. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people came to lay flowers at the Cenotaph, women who were taking flowers from their gardens in Scotland and bringing down these wilted bouquets just to lay them, at the, you know, because that body could have been their son or could have been their father or could have been their brother. And so it, it had enormous symbolic significance for people. You talk a lot about guilt as well, felt by those who actually made it back and their families, their wives and, and mothers. Because of that, I mean, there really was no way to escape uh, the devastating effects of the war, was there? No, and I think it's the, the, the survivor guilt that so many people felt is something that hasn't... It, it, we hear about it from the men. I mean, there are many, many stories of, of men who kind of came back from the front and, you know, they're, they're still caught up in what happened to them back there. And there are men in my book who are very much caught up with what happened. But I was really interested as well in what was the effect on the women, the women who had had to stay at home. Well, obviously, they, they wouldn't have chosen to, to fight most of them. But nonetheless, these loved ones of theirs were going through these extraordinary experiences. And they themselves were back at home desperately worried about them um and then you know these these young men came back completely changed and altered um and i think you know for the women it, that was incredibly difficult they didn't know how to reach them I mean, my great grandfather who who served in the first world war he never spoke about his experiences he just wasn't able to speak about his experiences and i think that that must have been so hard for the women, um, you know, how, how do you contact somebody who's gone somewhere so dreadful um, and is not able to communicate about it? And you actually, not to give anything away, uh, but one of the characters actually does, uh, you know, sort of give the truth. He's, he talks about what actually happened to him. Uh, from the things that you researched, did that actually happen? Do you know, does it feel, does it feel like you're sort of letting go of something when you actually talk about what happened? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting whether or not speaking about something helps. Um, I mean, in my book, uh, it, it does. There are, there are two cases in which people speak about the trauma. Um, what I was really interested in, in, interested in as well in, in my character of Evelyn, because she was incredibly, she's somebody that really wants to feel as though she has some access to the experience that these people had over there. She wants some sort of truth, and what she sees all around her is are people pretending to move on. People, she describes it as people sort of, you know, walking around a crater with hundreds of thousands of men in it, and they're just not looking. Um, everybody seems to be sort of unable to face it, um, and she wants to face it. You know, she has this sort of need because she herself has been through a terrible time, and she's sort of picking at this scab. Um, so she has an experience where she goes and she hears somebody tell his story. And for her, that's a, a very important turning point um, as well. Anna, thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure.